today's episode of the Celtics Talk podcast, we get into the first week of training camp for the Celtics, which players have stood out and which players will be key to the Celtics regular season success. Plus, we sit down with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and hear from them on Celtics Media Day. That's this week on the Celtics Talk podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Celtics Talk Podcast. Kyle Draper joined by Aisha Rod Blakely. To my left, Chris Forsberg joining us also. What's up, fellas? Hi, Aisha Rod. Basketball is back, big fella. I'm looking Let's at go. your facial expression right now. You're like, oh, you know, um, you know, you know what I'm thinking about? Recording. We're talking about practices. I want to talk about, well, I want to get to the games. Me, me and Kimber Walker had this conversation uh, earlier uh, this week where, yeah, this this training camp stuff is cool, but, I mean, you know, this is about getting to the games. It's about the games, not the practice, not the warm-ups, not the kumbaya moments with guys who you know ain't going to play and probably not going to be around next week. It's about getting to the games. But let's talk about practice. Are you at least excited? This guy, you know, this seasoned veteran over here, he's like, talk to me in June. No, (laughs) I'm fired up, dude. He's Kyrie over there. Get me to the playoffs. And, uh, no, I'll be around the the playoffs. I will show up. I promise. (laughs) The only thing that tempers my excitement is we haven't seen much. Uh, Unfortunately, Brad's kept the the windows closed the past two days. And uh, all we've really seen is some shooting drills. Like, it feels like most – training camps we've gotten to see a lot of five-on-five work uh, I can remember down at Salvia Regina getting some long glimpses of them running and then even last year we saw some five-on-five at the start it just I just yearn for the for the actual up and down instead of just seeing Jason Tatum and Brad Wanamaker launch threes all right coming up in the, I got to tease the show before we t- dive deeply into what you guys may have seen or may have not not have seen down there at practice we're going to talk to Marcus Smart some My of his guy. media day interview. It was great. Dude probably still wearing the robe right now. No, he's wearing a different robe. <laughs> a different we got to get right. that robe deal. <laughs> the different robe. Also going to talk to Jalen Brown. He had some strong comments about last season and his focus for this season. But, uh, Sherrod, I'm going to start with you. You've been down there. You've been talking to the guys. What's the vibe like? You know, it's only been a few days of practice. Yeah, I mean, their whole thing is just putting last season behind them and moving on, moving forward, getting a level of comfort with one another that they hope will translate into as many, if not more, wins, more playoff success. But the the big name that uh, most folks are talking about is Gordon Hayward. Um, and just how good he has looked. I, I, I talked to Kimba extensively about that because, remember, Kimba tried to recruit him to Charlotte, and, yep. and Gordon actually signed an offer sheet with the Charlotte Hornets when, when Kimba was there. And he's, you know, Kimba was basically like, the dude that I was trying to recruit a few years ago, that's the dude I'm watching in practice now. And I said, well, how, how, why do you feel that good about him? I mean, what makes you so confident that he's going to be that guy? And Kimba was like, it's not my confidence in him. It's his confidence in himself. Mm. He's doing things out there that we're seeing in practice that you can tell he feels confident. He's just playing his game as opposed to thinking about what he needs to do. Uh, and, you know, Kimba, he, you know, he also got into how watching Gordon last year, you could tell Gordon wasn't right. You could tell that he was doing a lot more thinking than just playing. And when a player that used to compete against you is, is kind of has that kind of commentary, and now he's a teammate, um, you put a little bit more stock into it because remember, a lot of these guys don't 
Kemba spent a lot of time watching Gordon Hayward. You don't just when you're the face of the franchise and you're trying to recruit someone, you got to spend some time doing okay. some research. So Kemba, when he speaks about Gordon Hayward, I, I take it a little bit differently than some other guys because I know Kemba aggressively tried to team up with him and and it was in position to do that if Utah didn't come back and cut that CTC to keep Gordon in Utah. <laughs> Chris, you buying that, though, because we hear Ennis Cantor talk about Gordon's 100%. You know, is this just Celtics hype, do you think? Or, or, or do you get a sense that, you know what, even Gordon feels like he's back? You know, what's funny is that I went back today because it, it felt like the hype train has been rumbling for a while. <laughs> and it goes all the way back to June 5th, the day Danny Ainge held his really end-of-the-season press conference uh, after the Celtics had been bounced from the second round. And even then, he was already saying, like, Gordon's been in here. I'm expecting big things from him. And then every single player and, and executive and coach that talked this summer sort of hyped up Gordon. I do think it's fair to be skeptical because until we see it, it's hard to necessarily believe it. Like, remember a year ago, even coming off that second surgery, there was a lot of hype about Gordon. And, and it wasn't quite to this level. Uh, but you still got the sense like there was a lot of optimism. You got to see it in the season before you can fully believe it. And yet I pulled Cantor aside today and I said, listen, man, you know, this is the second time he told us a couple weeks ago, you know, he should be eyeing an all-star berth with Hayward. And I'm like, do you understand that people are a little bit skeptical? And he goes, no, no, no. It, it goes beyond just like how he looks. It's the confidence he's gushing. It's the leadership he's showing on the court. And he said, listen, Every time Brad Stevens starts to huddle up the team and try to split the, the guys up for five-on-five five drills, Cantor has been trying to sneak on to, to Hayward's team because he knows that's the side that's probably going to win. So I do think it's okay to jump on the bandwagon to get to be on that hype train, but you know whether it's one of these practice glimpses in the coming days or if it's Sunday's first exhibition game, that's when we can finally kind of buy in and, 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 and kind of we'll get our first glimpse of whether this is the true uh, Gordon Hayward, if he's back to 100%. I feel like Gordon Hayward is the key, and I know we talked about this a little bit last year, uh, last uh, episode, but if Gordon Hayward is Utah Gordon Hayward, watch out. Oh, they're top three. Easy. Dude, they're top three without that. You don't no, think no, 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 no. This guy, man, put some top, on the a, There is a difference between, between being top three easy and working your butt off, getting a couple breaks, and probably winding up as a top three seed. They're not a given that they're going to be number three if Gordon doesn't play at that level. If he is able to play at that dude that Danny Ainge was begging and pleading to come to Boston a couple years ago, then they are a definite top three team. Because really, you look at the East, the only teams that you could conceivably see that could probably give them problems are Milwaukee and Philly. I think if Gordon Hayward is all-star Gordon Hayward, only Milwaukee and Philly right. are your teams you got to worry about. But, but here's the thing, Chris, and, and this is the, 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 the big question mark for the Celtics. We're saying top three if Gordon Hayward's healthy. I mean, where do the Celtics But you say top in? three regardless. No, though. that's yeah, what I no, think. But you, you, you depending wrong, on who you talk bro. to, they're anywhere from three to six. I mean, where do you see the no. Celtics? I, I still think they're three. They could stumble into three at this point. Like, who's who do you got there? Miami oh, or Indiana? Put some respect on Indiana. Don't hate on Indiana. Listen, Indiana. No, no, no. no. I, I, I think, but I think like a lot of these teams, a lot of things have to break right. Like, is Old Depot back to what he was? You know, how do their new pieces mesh? I think we think Indiana is going to be much better with Brogdon uh, moving in there, but they did lose Bogdanovich. So there's there, there's different. The teams still have to figure it out on their end as well. 
I think the Celtics, they still have a great collection of talent. It's just certainly not the ceiling that existed last year. And I think that's the hard part for Celtics fans. But, like, let's face it, like, they got to figure out this defense. Is NS Cantor and this crew of uh, this motley crew of bigs going to be able to to hold the fort back there? How do they deal without having Al Horford? Uh, but I do think, if, if, especially if Gordon is anywhere close, uh, they are the the clear cut number three in the East. And you know, I guess that's going to be the hard part. Is like you know, expectations aren't as crazy as it is, but I think it's going to be hard for them to slide much higher than that. It's going to be disappointing if they sl- they slide much below that. Uh, but but if they get a few more things to break right, you know maybe they can muscle their way into that top tier. If, if Jason Tatum makes the leap, you know all the things we listed last week that could go right. Uh, this team has the potential. I think it's more likely they move up than move back. Yeah, because I, I think the, to the point that we've all I think all in, are in agreement on is pure talent. They're top four or five uh, easily. But to, to your point. They're going to need some things to break their way to be that third best team in the East. And, so, and that's why I, I don't see anyone, how can anyone say that it's a given that they're going to be number three? They're going to be in the conversation, no question, but they are not a given. They're going to need Gordon to ball out, as we've talked about. They're going to need Tatum to continue to evolve and become, you know, a guy that we're having at a minimum. We're talking about him in the conversation as being an all-star. They're going to need a lot of little things to break their way to be that third-best team. But the one thing that I think we all agree on is they are going to be in that conversation. Yeah, they're going to be in the But they're not a given, Drapes. That's my point to you, bro. They are not They are not going to walk out there, close your eyes, hit your hot tub time machine, go to April 12th, <laughs> April 13th, and all of a sudden they're going to be that third-best team. It's not I, going to I, be that I, easy. I, I say that because I think Gordon Hayward's going to be better. He may not have Oh, he will be better. Star. But he'll definitely be better. Chris, in, in terms of camp so far, what are you hearing down there? Anybody turning some heads uh, outside of Gordon Hayward? Anything? Uh, you know, uh, Romeo hasn't done any live stuff yet. That's a little concerning, even though I'm they're not, not going to count, count on him this season. Which but, right. you know, this concerned. is your lottery pick. You know, he's coming off the thumb injury, and now, he, you know, he has another injury. And so that's a little concerning. What, what, what uh, stands out to you? Yeah, you know, Brad was complimentary of the rookies today. It was good to hear that Carson Edwards has carried over some of that summer league momentum, and it was, Brad was talking about him making some some buckets there in the scrimmages, and for him to be able to jump right in and, and do that is an encouraging sign. Because I do think there's minutes there in the backcourt with the departure of Terry Rozier. I, I think there's going to be minutes for sort of a, a, another deep guard uh, to sort of muscle in there. Uh, Romeo, I, I'm not overly concerned. I just think the, the, the glut of wing talent was going to make it hard for him to, to get his, his hand in that cookie jar anyway. Uh, I think he's going to spend, end up spending, even when healthy, a lot of time in Maine. Uh, but, you know, the, there was a lot of encouraging words about him before camp in terms of being able to finish at the basket and, and all, all the pure talent uh, that he has. And, of course, no one's really talking about him because of these injuries. Uh, it'll be better if we can see again him out on the court and and start to to, to build up that that hype a little bit. You know, I'm I'm sort of focused on the bigs. I, I still think that's a, a a huge area of concern. Uh, everyone seems to be really believe that Cantor can carry over his play from the Western Conference Finals, and uh, he himself has sort of downplayed the idea that he'll be a liability defensively, and you sort of have confidence that Brad Stevens is going to put him in the right spots. And yet I watched Taco Fall dunking all over Vincent Poirier and uh, dominating those one-on-one drills. And I'm, I'm just really curious how that's going to play out. I think more than ever, 
the Celtics are going to go small. And, you know, I asked Cantor today, I said, have you guys been, been practicing with a lot of those small ball lineups? Has Brad been really getting a long glimpse at the potential of those lineups? And he said, no, they've sort of stuck to typical, you know, four fives on the court. And so I don't know when that change will happen or how much Brad will experiment, but I'm really curious to see, like, how does this team operate when you've got Jalen Brown at the four, Grant Williams at the five, or, you know, however they slice it up. Um, I want to see if those lineups can be successful and if it's something they can lean on because that's going to maximize their ability to keep the talent, uh, their best talent on the floor. As much as I love taco, and I, and I love tacos in general. <laughs> taco uh, time. We're not going to see a whole lot of taco time, uh, whether it's in, in the Celtics or I think in Maine either. Because the one thing when I watch taco well, you play. you said or in Maine either. Like, he's not gonna, well, he's not going to be like a 25, 30-minute guy in Maine. Hell no. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'm, I'm noticing my taco, the more I watch him play uh, this summer and just really just the, some of the work he's doing with you know the other bigs, Taco's stamina is a concern for me. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that I think you can throw out there for 15, 20 consecutive minutes or even f- 10 I don't even think you can get 10 really get him good up and down the straight floor, up. Like, yeah. I just don't think he's built for that. And that's okay because when you look at what he does well, you need that skill in five-minute chunks at best. A guy that can come in and maybe slow down the penetration that other teams are getting at the rim, be a rim protector, or be you know someone that can make teams hesitate to attack the rim. And so that, to me, is going to be his role. I'm looking forward to seeing what Time Lord uh, is going to be about I because you've got we to talk have, to him too. Well, I got to talk to him, and I also talked to some other folks in the organization, Austin Ainge specifically, uh, and I asked him flat out, you know, when you look at Robert Williams where he was a year ago this time, where he is today, what jumps out to you about, you know, where he's made the most significant growth? And he talked about his ability to communicate out there on the floor. And that tells me two things. One, it tells me that his basketball IQ is a little bit higher than I think a lot of people thought. Number two, it shows that he is understanding the play calls and where he needs to be and maybe more important, where his teammates need to be, which is going to be important for him to be a significant help side defender. So when those things are happening and his level of athleticism that we all know, you got a guy that could conceivably come into the game, give you great play and burst, and if he can develop any, any level of consistency, Cantor, I hear you downplaying your defense, <laughs> and we know why. But if young fella can come in there and, and rim run the way he can and defend and communicate and basically understand his role and play that role, maximize it, you're going to see a lot more time Lord, than I think a lot of people are anticipating this year. You buying that, Chris? Uh, listen, you guys know from the summer league, I've been on the Robert Williams hype train. I've been leading the conductor, whatever you want to do. Give me the hat. Let me blow the whistle. Uh, I feel like this the, the, the evolution of Robert Williams – because of his passing skills, because of the way he can run the floor, the way he necessarily meshes with your young core, to me, his development would be so beneficial to this team to find that rim-running five who can still facilitate. Um, I think that's their best path forward to, to, to finding a, a group that can sort of grow together. And then maybe you can play Grant Williams more as, as a traditional four. You can play small with three wings out there and Kemba and, and Robert Williams. You know, I think Cantor is going to be the, be the favorite here at the start just because of the resume and what he's done. And, right. um, but if Robert Williams can just show that development and at least you know, keep creeping up minute-wise and maybe by the end of the year he's the guy you're leaning on, uh, that would be a really encouraging sign. I, I mean, I still go back to it. It's just as much hype as there's been about Gordon and stuff like that, like it seems like Robert Williams does have a fair amount of, of buzz about at least how he's grown 
uh, you know, mentally and, and, and being willing to learn and being more vocal. Those are those are encouraging signs that he's moving in the right direction and, and willing to embrace a bigger role this year. No, and they're going to have to count on him no, no matter what. I mean, whatever role it's going to be, whether it's as a starter or what, Robert Williams is a big part of, uh, you know, what the Celtics are, are going to do. Uh, lastly, before we jump into these interviews, uh, real quickly, uh, I know Jim Calhoun was at practice, guys. Uh, Kemba's a college coach, and everything you're hearing about Kemba, Chris, it's all positive. It's, I mean, is, is this like, is it too good to be true? We go from Kyrie to Kemba. I mean, is this like a brand new day of fresh air uh, surrounding this guy? The Celtics were doing a, a ball sign up in the, the media area today, and, and Kemba was even in there. And as we remember from the end of last season, there was some consternation about Kyrie not doing that. So he's doing all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He's got his former college coach stepping up and unprompted going in for a media session where he calls him. What was the quote, Sherrod? Something like the, the, uh, in, in Calhoun's 50 years, he's never had a player like him. And He talked about uh, his listen, leadership. It, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all that. positive. It, it, it's all what you want to hear this time of year. You, I mean, listen, everything is, is sunshine and puppy dogs this time of year, and <laughs> it's hard to find someone to talk negatively about anything. Uh, I, I, I'm excited for the Kemba experience and to see how he fits in gels. But again, I go back to it. It's like the story with everything here. I just want to see it on the court. All right, good discussion, fellas. Now let's hear from some of the players themselves Let's check in with Marcus Smart. Here's part of the interview I had the chance to do with him during Media Day one-on-one. We talk about last season and what Smart is looking to accomplish this season. What's up, everybody? This is that 617 Life Podcast. I'm Leroy. And I'm Shonda. And I'm Sarone. So my favorite part of the show is Shonda Sounds Off. I mean, the show is dope as a whole as it is anyway. But you get to hear everything that's interesting in sports and entertainment. We bring a lot of laughs and just a little bit of uh, dirt. And my favorite part of the show is the cold cuts and hot takes. And that's the, that's the segment where I get something off my chest that's been bothering me all week. Something that no one else is touching on. I kind of give my personal hot take about the situation. And overall, man, I just love the show, but my favorite, favorite part is the players call because we get to be a little bit goofy we get to shout out some people who normally don't get to you know get a little shout out and get some love we do it we take care of them and we spread love so subscribe you can find us at that 617 life anywhere you can find a podcast at google Podcasts, spotify literally anywhere and make sure you follow us on social media at that 617 life on instagram facebook and everywhere else all right marcus uh let's get into it do you think everything that happened last year is motivating you for this year? Yeah, I think everything happens for a reason, you know? Um, my mom always told me, God doesn't put his strongest uh, battles on, on his weakest warriors. So, you know, a lot of stuff we went through adversity-wise last year is just, I think it's just preparing us for, for what he has store of us in store for us at the end of this storm, which is that rainbow. You know, it's, what's funny is I'm looking at, you play with IT, great point guard. Play with Kyrie, great point. Now you got Kemba. It's like, man, dude, you 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 got somebody alongside of you. You know, when you're talking all NBA kind of player, what's it going to be like playing with Kemba? Um, from the time I've, I was able to play with Kemba with the USA team was uh, it was great. I mean, um, for him it was hard coming from Charlotte because, or being in Charlotte because he felt like. From looking outside in, it looks like he felt like he didn't have any help. Like, you know, he wanted to, to pass the ball, but it's like 
every time he passed it, it, it went right back to him. And it was like, Kimba, do this. Kimba, do that. Kimba, do this. We need you to. So for him uh, to be able to have guys around him that he know can help him a little bit more or he doesn't demand as much of a usage rate, I think allows him to be the better player for himself. And I mean, we love it. You know, me, Jason, and Jalen had that opportunity to be able to play with him. And uh, it's a great, like you said, great point guard. Yeah, what's, what's he like as a teammate, man? He's great, man. Just being around him, you, you feel like he's been around us for years. It was just the time we had with him. And that's just his personality, you know. He, you know, he doesn't really say much. He goes out there and just kind of shows you. And, and when you got a player like that, you love to have him on your team. One of the things uh, I like about Kemba, I feel like he's coming here with a hunger because he didn't have that success down there in Charlotte. You sensing that at mm -hmm. all? Definitely. Uh, just talking to him, you can definitely see and hear and tell that he's ready. He's ready to contend. He's ready to, to go into battles where, you know, um, it's hard. And he knows that at the end of this tunnel, he still has a chance to see the light. Whereas in Charlotte, it was games where you could see he was just like, there's no way we're going to win this game. Or there's... There ain't nobody even in the stands, like, and I'm giving everything I have, like, you know, and, and I love, like, you see, he loves Charlotte. It's just he had all the fight has been drained down because he had to, it felt like he was doing it by himself, at least here where you got guys who can help him. Like I said, uh, I think it's going to help him individually, both on and off the court. Yeah. Why do you love basketball, man? Oh man, I love basketball for for multiple reasons, but you know, one is just my my escape place where I go when things aren't going right in my life. You know, it's it's my you've heard me say it plenty of times. It's my my eye of the storm. Um, it's the most calmest place in my life when all this noise around me is going, and um, you know, it makes me feel good. I know you've played with a heavy heart before, and that's that's true. Uh, who's the one teammate you think? thinks he's a good dresser, but you want to tell him, you know what, Holmes, that's not right. Listen, Jalen Brown. Really? That's my man. Jalen Brown <laughs> thinks he's such a, a great dresser, but uh, he's not. And then, especially with his new hairdo, so I don't know what he's going to put <laughs> to dress up with, with the hairstyle, but, I mean, hopefully it, it'll make him a better dresser. <laughs> right. Somebody said you, actually. That time you wore the robe. Listen, the, uh, listen. Is that your thing now? That's my thing. Yeah, I got, listen, I... I walked into the room today to get my jersey on, and they were like, here, somebody, get, this is a row of one of one, it's only for you. I'm like, oh, okay. I like it. So, I mean, I've been getting, everybody keeps telling me to bring back the robe, everybody, every time I talk to you. So, obviously, whoever said that must not do their research. They must ain't done it. The robe is, the robe is it. <laughs> the robe is, I, I actually like it, dude. That could be your thing. Get a deal thing. or something like exactly, that. Exactly, right? You, know, you got to think like that. <laughs> October 23rd, Philly. Al Horford and B, you probably gonna have to guard them dudes. Right. How much are you looking forward to that? I'm ecstatic. You know, I, I know Joel and, and Al very well. Um, very really good players, and uh, you know, but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to guarding them. Or something. That was Marcus Smart on the Celtics Talk podcast. Now here's part of my interview with Jalen Brown, and in my opinion. This guy's role could be as a starter, it could be as a six-man, but one thing you'll hear from Jalen is whatever Brad Stevens decides to do with his role, he's more than happy to accept. He wants to have a great season. Here's part of that interview with Jalen Brown. So what went into uh, cutting the hair? Just time for something new. New, new season, new energy, new light. Um, just looked in the mirror, was ready to see something different. 
it just epitomized change for me. So um, I'm ready to, to roll with the punches. I'm ready for um, the next part of my journey, and uh, I'm excited about it. What went wrong last season, dude? And, and do you think that's fueled you guys for this season? Um, I think it gets over. A lot of stuff went wrong. I think it wasn't as bad as we, and when you look back on it, it wasn't as bad as we probably made it out to be. It was bad, though. Um, but I think it, was, it, it set the tone for probably this year just to come out and play basketball, I think. No expectations, no uh, no clickbait, no you know media interferences. Let's just come out and and play, and I think everybody will appreciate that. And I think it's a great story to be told from that. If we just come out and just come together and play basketball. What? Uh, how did you handle last year? Like, did you talk to lean on your family? Did you internalize like when things get tough throughout a season? What's the outlet for that? For me, it was uh, internal. I think my family for sure helped. My grandpa, he, uh, he gave me some books to read that really kind of changed my life. But internally, it was a lot. Like, I felt like uh, I kind of lost a sense of self last year, and I had to gain it back, like remind myself who I was, what I, what I added to not only this team, but to this world, and, uh, and be confident and insured in that, in that approach. I'm not overconfident, not cocky, but just to be confident enough that, you know, I am who I am and uh and and I'm and I'm okay with that, you know? And I think that not only carries over in basketball, but it carries over in life as well. Just, you know, how you carry yourself as a man or as a as a woman is bigger than, you know, what you do at the job uh at the time, your job or your role. So I try to always carry myself with the 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 morals and values that I deem important, whether I work for a Celtics or I'm doing uh, a workshop with Harvard or whatever to make sense or whatever it is, I always try to keep my morals and values in check. Yeah, where's that, you know, passion for things outside of basketball come from? You know, because we all know, you know, you may be a basketball player, but you're so much more. Where did that come from? I'm not sure. To be honest, and I, I get that question a lot, like, why, why are you so into these other different things and why aren't you, like, just focused on basketball? I think I've ha always had the talent to be good at multiple things, and I know it's, it's a blessing to be good at one thing or to be really good at one thing. So to be good at multiple things is, like, um, it's unheard of, you know, and I've always been able to be good at, you know, multiple things at a time. And, and, and be able to, to, to balance that. And so I don't know where it comes from. I'm just happy that I'm, I'm blessed that I'm able to, to do so, you know, because basketball is hard enough, you know, to focus on that, to be an NBA and compete at a high level and to stay in the NBA and stay relevant is hard enough. But I don't, basketball has always been something that's come easy, not necessarily easy to me, but it's like, I don't feel like I chose to play basketball. I feel like basketball kind of like chose me. Yeah. I was going to ask you, why do you love basketball? I don't know. I think ever since I could remember, um, it's just been basketball. It's just been a part of me. My mom would tell you, like, I learned how to walk by chasing after a ball. And, and that's not something that we fictated. I mean, that's fictitious or we made that up. Like, it's a true story. Um, so, like, before I even knew, like, right or wrong, I knew basketball. You know, so 
it's always been a part of me and it's taken me places and shown me and shown me different things and helped me reach people that I never thought I'd be able to reach through the game and through the sport, you know, so I'm, I'm always appreciative, appreciative of the game and I, and I never want to take it for granted. Right. When it's all said and done, what are people going to say about Jalen Brown? Or what do you want people to say about Jalen? Hopefully they're inspired. Hopefully they're motivated. Uh, Jalen Brown, he played with passion, played with heart, played with courage, fearless. Um, and hopefully that inspires and motivates to people to not only, you know, play with that same or bring that same passion or that same fire to whatever it is that they do, but also be fearless when they do it. You know, I'm not perfect and nobody else is in this world, you know, but um, my, my mindset, my approach to things, hopefully people, you know, will be inspired in, by that. Couple questions about basketball. How much are you looking forward to October 23rd? Philly opening. I'm, I can't wait, I can't wait for, uh, not only to play in Philly, but to just start the season off. Um, it'll be a great feeling, and I'm looking forward to it. Have you ever dunked on an Al in practice, and what's it going to be like to bang on him in the actual game? Have I ever dunked on Al? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I can't, I, I really can't say if I have or if I haven't. Um, I feel like even if I did, you know, Al is such a good dude. Like, you just, like, don't even feel like, reminding them about that, right? Um, but hopefully, maybe, you know, now we're going against each other. Um, he better be on the, on the, on the, on the look, because I'm coming. <laughs> you know what's funny is, you say Al's such a good dude, but you banged on uh, Giannis a few times uh, last year. What's that, you know, what was that like for you, man? Just, you know? For me, it was, um, I guess it was what our, time needed, our team needed at the time. I wasn't thinking of it as like a me versus Giannis thing. I was thinking like, I'm just trying to be aggressive and, and play with that passion and inspire our team to, to go on a run or to get some victories or, or do whatever it is that we needed to do. Um, Giannis is a great player. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the league. He plays with that fire, that passion, that intensity um, that you know I carry as well. So I, I appreciate that from him. So. Um, it's just one of the plays that just happened to be him, you know what I mean? But he's, he's a great player. Lastly, what's a successful season look like for Jalen Brown? Me? Just playing. Um, my whole mantra for this year is to just hoop. Um, no expectations. I don't want to have to look over my shoulder, worry about being subbed out, or just, just come out and get better, play, period. I think my game, my talent could speak for itself, but just um, letting go of all the pressure, um, the outside pressure, alleviating that. I don't really feel pressure as of now. I'm not having trouble sleeping at night, and I, and I love it. I'm just fearless. I'm not afraid of, uh, of making mistakes. I'm not afraid of, you know, falling um, because I know um, that I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be in a better spot because of it. So for me, uh, a great season would be just hooping, just coming out free of mind and just playing. Thank you. Good luck this year, bro. Appreciate you. Great stuff from Jalen Brown right there from Media Day. That'll do it for this edition of the Celtics Talk Podcast. It's a busy week for the Celtics as they continue to practice. They have Fan Fest. They also have their first preseason game. 
Frazier, Rob Blakely, and Chris Forsberg. I'm Kyle Draper. Make sure you check us out next week on the Celtics Talk podcast. Every Thursday is when we're releasing it. And you can also subscribe and like us as well and leave comments on all your favorite podcasting apps. Sherrod, close it out, big fella. We are out. <laughs>